Hello and welcome to The Extra, the show that connects you with the issues, topics and people that are important in our community, that are critical kind of to keeping our community running, uh, who maybe are the uh, thinkers and doers who are establishing organizations or working with uh, already established organizations to help better our community here in Southern Colorado. So uh, today we're going to be talking about something called the ethos and joining us to talk more about it, Emily Gratisar. And first of all, Emily, welcome to the show. Hi, Shannon. Thank you so much for uh, having me on. You bet. So let's talk about what is the ethos? Answer that. Uh, The ethos is a creative community space. Uh, We joke we're a few businesses in a trench coat, really. We have community room for all sorts of local events. We have workshop spaces for artists and makers. And then our big draw is uh, we have the sofa bar. The sofa bar. Okay. Sober bar. So So the alcohol-free bar. (laughs) (laughs) I I misheard that, but I I was going to get to that in a minute. Uh, So whether it's on sofas or sober, uh, when you have a sober bar, that seems so counterintuitive. Tell us about where the idea for that came from. Uh, The idea started uh, completely organically. We were looking for a new building, and um, we stumbled upon the one that we have now, which uh, was the site of the Grand Prix, a famous Pueblo restaurant from day of old. And it has the most beautiful bar and back bar from 1920. And the building itself is just extraordinary and has all sorts of interesting quirks and wonderful spaces for us to use. Uh, But we really didn't know what to do about the bar, and we weren't going to rip out an original bar from 1920, but uh, none of us wanted to run a bar. Uh, it wasn't remotely appealing. Uh, we don't much care for being around uh, inebriation, even when we ourselves are uh, partaking. And so uh, we kind of just sat there and went, well, what if we did an alcohol-free bar? I've heard of those. Those definitely exist. And then as we did more delving into it, more research, we realized this is exactly what we wanted to be doing. I love it. So it kind of lined up with your uh, your mission. What kind of client base do you want to attract through this? Because uh, some might say, well, you know, my living room is my sober bar. Uh, but why do you want to have a different uh, outlet for those uh, customers and clients? Uh, the folks we're, we're looking to attract are really anyone who values community uh, and, and togetherness. We, we say we're a broad church. We are welcoming to any viewpoint that's not you know, trying to eradicate other viewpoints. Um, we want people to come in and feel safe and secure. We're an aggressively uh, queer-friendly space. We, we say we're, we work on a radically inclusive model. Uh, and so we want folks to come in who just want to get to know people, want to get more involved in the local community, and who just want to have somewhere cool and fun to hang out. And that's a big part as well is there are, there's a, a dearth of social opportunities in Pueblo that don't involve alcohol in some way, which means that anyone who's in recovery, anyone who is under the um, age of 21, or anyone who just doesn't want to be around alcohol has severely limited options in terms of what they can do uh, for social space. And so we just want to make a place where folks feel welcome. 
Right. We heard so much about uh, the welcoming aspect of, for instance, Club Q uh, and how, uh, you know, that was such a, an important part of uh, their client base's social aspect. But it wasn't even about uh, the fact that it was a bar or a nightclub and that it had alcohol involved. It was about having that community. And as you said, sometimes certain aspects of being a, a bar bar uh, can can eliminate that unfortunate uh, you know uh, unfortunately it, it it makes it less welcoming in a way of uh, for some people in our community it can do absolutely uh you know when you're when your only option is to go somewhere with alcohol and you're that's just not an option for you your option ends up being staying home and uh people can end up incredibly isolated so you know we don't have any issues none of us are sober um but we really wanted to just have a place where people had that choice. Mm, I see. Has your mission changed since you got off the ground? You described this evolution. Absolutely. Uh, you know, we were a, a different business, uh, you know, pre-pandemic. Uh, we were still arts and community focused, but the bar aspect wasn't remotely part of what we did. Uh, and then having a bar aspect has really shifted our focus uh, you know, and, and having that space for people to come in, we're, we're less of a, a full shift in our values, but more of a, uh, a refining of them and, and a focus. And so that radically inclusive space is much more, our, we've, we've turned much more towards that. I love it. A radically inclusive space uh, because, uh, you know, when it comes to finding your space, your place in a community, so much can be gained from uh, establishing that. It gives you a support network. It gives you a circle of friends, not to mention people who are going to notice when things are changing in your life and when you're encountering challenges that may seem, you know, insurmountable, but with, you know, the help and support of, of friends in a welcoming space, I mean, it can be so much different. And boy, what a nice positive message for 2024. We need to take a short break. Emily Gratisar is our guest. When we come back, more uh, from the ethos. That when the extra continues here on KRDO News Radio. We're back with KRDO News Radio's The Extra Show. And today we're talking to Emily Gratisar of The Ethos. And Emily, uh, first of all, I do have to address the elephant in the room because <laughs> there there is a very famous mayor of your town uh, with the same last name. So you are related to the mayor. Not uh, You're not one of his direct children, but he's he's an uncle. Is that what I understand? Uh, yes. And, you know, he, he knows me. We always joke. Uh, no, um, yeah, that, that's my uncle. And uh, we're, you know, we're, we're both doing what we can for our community. And uh, we just approach it very differently. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say about uh, Pueblo as a community? Because the ethos is coming uh, at creating this safe space, very inclusive space. And you're coming at it with a, with a real sense of purpose and mission. Why is it that Pueblo needed a place like that? Uh, Pueblo, I think, is an amazing community. You know, I've, I've, uh, I've lived all over the place. And, uh, you know, I, I graduated from, from high school here and couldn't wait to leave, uh, as, as many of our youth do. Uh, and then I've lived all around and lived in some really awful places, as it turned out. And uh, 
once you leave Pueblo is when you realize that actually it's, it's truly wonderful here and there's something about the people and that, you know, that just draws you back. And I'm so glad to be here uh, by choice. And I mm-hmm. think that's really an important thing is people who feel that they're able to be, not be here if they wanted to be uh, really helps in that. Anytime you're in a situation where you feel like you're stuck somewhere, that, that you know, hurts your view of it. Uh, but Pueblo, I feel, is full of the most wonderful, you know, bullheaded folks in the world. And we're all just trying to do anything we can to get through and to keep that strong sense of community that we have. And uh, I think there's really nothing better than a bunch of, of folks who are just darn stubborn <laughs> trying, to, trying to make things work. It's wonderful to be a part of. I agree with you 110% about what you say about Pueblo. I I am living in Colorado Springs because I needed proximity for my work, but um, because I'm terrible at long distance drives. But uh, I I do every time I visit Pueblo, I find a new place, a new pocket to explore, and uh, it just uh, you know it, it, meeting people who've made their lives there, their homes there, their businesses there. You do understand that there's a significant draw and. Uh, a really nice aspect of of easygoing Southern Colorado living uh, that Pueblo has going for it. Uh, so when we're talking about the ethos and the sober bar, which I misnomered the sofa bar, but and and I don't think there are any sofas in there, are there? Uh, no, we do have a couple of squashy chairs, but no, no sofas. No <laughs> squashy chairs. Squashy chairs will do. But a, a sober bar, uh, even though it is somewhat uh, a contradictory term, has a, a very unique purpose, as we were discussing in our previous uh, segment. Uh, so, how does that, I guess, uh, tie in when all around the country, even worldwide, people kind of look at January now? with this movement called Dry January as a time to dry out, to get away from drinking as much as they did perhaps during the holidays. Absolutely. And, you know, there's something very human about, uh, you know, wanting to be drinking during the darkest, coldest winter months. Uh, And then, you know, we hit that January point and we're like, oh, this was maybe not the best thing for me. And people want to, to make that effort. And we're here for folks, you know, with our different things that we're doing in dry January, just to encourage that. And it's, we're coming from a place of absolute non-judgment. Uh, if people are actually, you know, exploring full sobriety or if they're just trying dry January out, we're here for everyone. And the, the great thing about having the sober bar, which is, I, I know for a lot of folks, a, a contradiction in terms, um, is that we have our mocktails and our beers and our wines, all of which are non-alcoholic. And so people can have that familiarity. Uh, you know, they can come in and order a Heineken. And if they're a Heineken drinker, they're, go- they're going to enjoy the Heineken 00 that we have. Um, they're familiar things. It's not a completely new world of drinks for them. So people can come in and try them with that sense of familiarity without having to just leap off a, a cliff into the unknown. I, I think there is something to that. You were talking about, uh, you know, that because it is uh, for adults who maybe uh, partake of a cocktail or two they and do it in a public setting. I mean, there is an aspect of, for me, it's it's almost a, you know, a reward. You know, I go and whether it's wine or maybe a cocktail and it's like I, I'm. I am having, I'm, I'm exercising this choice and I'm picking something that maybe is going to really just uh, that particular day lift my spirits, right? And 
and when you're talking about sober living, I, I think there is this, and maybe a sober bar, there is this feeling like, oh, I'm going to be let down because it's not, it's the experience I'm going for, not the, you know, the alcohol. But what you're promising, it sounds like, is that experience. Absolutely. And people come in and it's a very much a bar environment. Uh, you know, we have our arcade games, we have uh, karaoke, we have all of our wonderful events uh, that people can find on our social media. And we, we make a really fun environment. And what we see happen over and over is people come in and they'll be, they'll be a bit hesitant about trying the drinks. Uh, but then, you know, they'll have a couple. And what we see is what you see in a bar that serves alcohol is after a couple of drinks, people loosen up. There's that, you know, that opening up of socialization and they, they get slight bar stool lean a little bit. They get, <laughs> you know, just more expressive with their, their hand movements and their faces. And really it's, it's, that, it's that familiar uh, action that really inspires that loosening up and it doesn't necessarily have to involve alcohol. And yeah. people then end up having a much nicer time throughout the entire evening because they're not having to worry about, oh, do I need to stop because I'll be hungover, I have work in the morning, uh, you know, have to I drive. have to drive. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the constant joke. We're we're starting to we're thinking about keeping a tally board up on the oh, better stop. I got to drive home. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we love that joke. It's really good. But a lot of people come in with it. Everyone thinks they're original, but but it is. <laughs> it's the unwinding without maybe the chemical influence. I, I love. I, I actually am really. Uh, impressed by this whole idea. Um, so let's talk about, you do have some special events that you have set up for Dry January. Tell us about that. What's on your calendar? We do. Uh, so coming up on, on Friday, January 5th, we have a, a tasting evening. So for first Friday, we always do something uh, you know, open, open to everyone that uh, people can come in and, and enjoy, and usually it's arts related, and this time it's the art of mocktails and uh, and cooking. So in addition to our tasting, where we will have uh, many of our mocktails, beers, and wines in sample sizes available for folks, uh, we also have the Cutting Board Vegan Restaurant taking over our kitchen, uh, and they will be serving sample sizes of their food, which is absolutely spectacular. They've done a few takeovers with us now, and we really enjoy having mm. them in. Uh, and they'll be here for all of service, uh, but the tasting itself is from 7 to 9 p.m. on January 5th. Okay, great. And I know we want to get to some of the other events on your calendar. We need to take a break, though, here on The Extra. So our guest today, Emily Gratisar, talking to us about the ethos and their sober bar when we come back more uh, from their calendar of events for dry January. You're listening to The Extra here on KRDO News Radio. We're back with the extra and our guest today, Emily Gratisar, and she was lining up uh, some things to maybe put on your calendar uh, for the ethos in Pueblo, a destination spot, it sounds like. And uh, Emily, what else? Now, we were talking about First Friday having uh, the uh, non-alcoholic drinks tasting evening open to anyone. And it it is nice when you don't have that age requirement uh, because, you know, families can, could families come in there? Absolutely. So we're all ages until 9 p.m. every night. And then after nine, we are 16 and up. Uh, Once in a while, we'll have an event that's 18 and up the whole night, but we always let people know well in advance of that. And none of this is related to liquor board rules, right? This is just your own rules that you've established. You don't have to deal with Absolutely. the liquor board when you're not selling alcohol. 
As it turns out, yeah, uh, no, we don't. And so that's that's our own thing. We know that um, there's we're trying to balance between we do want to serve the youth of the community, especially because many of them feel they don't have anywhere they're welcome. Uh, and as a former youth worker, that's incredibly important to me that they do feel welcome. Uh, and then also people, as you said, uh, want to bring in their families. And then we want to balance that with people who want to go out and socialize and not have children around. And so our our kind of balance on that is after nine, it's 16 and up. Got it. Okay. So let's um, talk yeah. about what else is on your calendar. Absolutely. Uh, so January 13th, we have a, a mocktail class. And so that is before bar hours. Uh, that will be from 2 to 3.30. It's $40 per person. Uh, we can only take six folks for it. Uh, but our amazing bartender is going to be running that class and really just helping folks discover how to do mocktails. The interesting thing with mocktails is uh, with NA spirits, non-alcoholic spirits, you can't usually substitute them in a drink one for one with an alcoholic spirit. Uh, you have to actually change up the recipe quite a bit. And so doing that yourself at home can be a bit of a trial. And so we're, we want to set people up on a good standard for that and get them going. Uh, we have that. We have all of our regular events that are ongoing. So open mic nights, karaoke. Uh, we have dance evenings. Um, this month we are doing both a 90s retro dance evening and our monthly goth night that will be happening. Um, and we'll be doing uh, a couple of new things. Uh, we have something coming up called Tab Talks, which is the abstract bar, which is our side name for the bar. Um, and those are presentation nights. People will do five-minute presentations on whatever topic they like. It can be funny. It can be serious. It can be completely unhinged and uh, having a little competition for that for what can be the most fun. Uh, but all of our events are on our Facebook and our website, ethospueblo.com. And and speaking of competitions, you also have a contest running, huh, uh, for people to get creative with their own drink recipes. We do. Uh, we'll be putting up in the next couple of days our post about that on our socials, uh, asking people to share recipes, including with pictures, uh, of any mocktail things that they've come up with and try them out. And the winner at the end of the month uh, will get added to the menu with the name that they're choosing. Wow. Very inspirational, everything we're discussing here. Hey, Emily, you mentioned a little while ago that you worked with youth. Is that your background? Tell us a little bit more how about, your, about how your background uh, prepared you and set you up and set you maybe in this direction. Oh, absolutely. Um, I was a youth worker uh, for most of my adult life, uh, and then a, an academic working in the youth of field, or sorry, the field of youth work. And one consistent thing that you see uh, in youth populations um, all, all over is that there's a an, a growing sense of of both hopelessness and an inability to affect change. And what we want for our youth in Pueblo what I want for our youth in Pueblo specifically is that they feel that they are able to take part in their community and make changes. So the first part of that is making sure they know they can take part in their community. And that, makes, that means making them welcome. Uh, if you have businesses that anytime two or more kids under the age of 18 come in, they look at them side-eyed and, oh, wait, when are these kids going to start causing a ruckus? that really is not welcoming and it makes it clear to them that they're not welcome in these particular social spheres. Uh, and when you exclude people from your social spheres, what are they going to do? Uh, they have, you know, it's not as if they're 
necessarily able to build these things from scratch. That's not how society works. You have to include people in the structures you already have. And so by starting off making places where young people can feel involved, um, that's a huge step already. And then, you know, we encourage them to, you know, run classes and then they can, you know, make money off of that as well because we pay our instructors. Um, we encourage them to come to us with any event ideas. And it's been really wonderful. A lot of the high school students and uh, the people from CSU and PCC coming in. And so the feedback's been remarkably good so far. And I hope we can just continue uh, you know, working with this age group and, and building a place where they feel comfortable and welcome. Uh, I, I applaud uh, your dedication. And, and hopefully we're getting this message out to a greater audience that um, will explore and find out more about the ethos. We need to take another break here. Emily Gratisar is our guest. When we come back, uh, let's uh, chat a little bit about uh, the term sober curious. <laughs> that when the extra continues. We're back with our final segment of The Extra. Our guest today, Emily Gratisar, and she's been talking to us about the ethos uh, and their sober bar. And uh, we once again, tell everyone your location, Emily, and how people can find you. Uh, so we're located at 615, that's 615 East Mesa Avenue in Pueblo. Uh, we're in Bojan Town, and for folks who are wondering where that bit is, if they don't remember the old Grand Prix building, uh, we are just down the block from uh, the Dew Drop In. Okay, well, uh, we do drop in maybe more of a social spot for traditional, uh, you know, continuing on with the, you know, alcohol theme, uh, where you can get a, a typical drink. Uh, but during January, a lot of people and maybe year round, a lot of people are redirecting perhaps their intentions when it comes to imbibing alcohol. Uh, and, and that has led to some people being uh, what's called sober curious, right? Emily, tell us about being sober curious. Absolutely. The sober curious movement is, is fascinating to me, uh, largely because it, it really removes a lot of judgment from the concept of sobriety. When you go into uh, typical bar or even a restaurant with your friends and you don't order a drink and everybody else is ordering a drink, people often have questions and uh, they can be invasive and off-putting and even if they're incredibly well-intentioned, uh, a lot of people then are just like, oh, we don't want to deal with all of these questions. I'm just going to get whatever beer I normally get. And here there's no need for those questions because everything is alcohol-free. Uh, people have come in not realizing and then just been really excited that they can get very similar drinks to what they would drink elsewhere, uh, and then just have it be alcohol-free. Uh, with the, the sober movement and the sober curious movement, it's just saying, you know, it's okay to try these things. You don't have to make a huge deal out of it. These are fun things to have. Um, and hopefully, you know, as it's clear that we're getting more and more popular, uh, more of the locations in Pueblo will start offering more alcohol-free alternatives. Uh, we do have a number of bars that do have as additional items on their menu, alcohol-free alternatives, and that's wonderful to see. Mm, I, I was wondering, I, I, the idea for the ethos, is that modeled after uh, any other city's projects, or uh, do you consider what you're doing kind of groundbreaking? Uh, it's it is groundbreaking in the way that we are combining all of our different things with the, the multiple you know, business models and the, the things we're doing with the creative uh, community especially. Um, 
you know, a bar is, is a bar, mostly. Uh, <laughs> there, there's a lot of similarity how we're running it, even, uh, you know, if we're not having the alcohol part of it. Uh, but for us, the groundbreaking part really is that sense of community and our, our mission that we're, we find it much more important to build a place for people to come and be rather than the bottom line. The bottom line is important. We want to stay open. Uh, but for us, we'd rather put more effort into making sure staff are taken care of and that we're uh, you know, able to offer events at lower cost for people um, you know, rather than the endless seeking of wealth. <laughs> and, yeah. and certainly uh, the liquor companies, uh, you know, they are not giving away their uh, product. Um, how do you, uh, Emily, sustain the mission you talked about? Very, uh, very intentional mission that you have when so many media messages are out there really everywhere, uh, especially on social media, but about celebrating that always include alcohol. You know, it's almost like you can't celebrate without having alcohol. It can be tough. And so what we do is focus on uh, the emotions around the celebrations. We focus on joy. Uh, you know, we, we search for moments that people really want to focus on and remember. And a lot of our messaging centers around remembering the moment, being in the moment. You know, it's, it's wonderful to, to go out and do these fun things, but if you can't remember them the next day or ever again, uh, then it, it kind of dulls the sparkle a little bit, we feel. And so you can go anywhere you like and have fun, but here you can go and you'll remember the fun. And we really want people to, you know, live their lives in a way that works for them. And, you know, we say there's, again and again, there's no judgment about how that is, you know, for each individual person. But at this place and at this time, we just say, here, let's come in and have some fun that we're going to remember. I, I, I want to end on that note. And normally I would ask what you want the audience to take away from this conversation, but I think you said it. You nailed it right there. Um, Emily Gratisar, <laughs> our guest today, talking about the ethos, and it is a, a place, a welcoming place, an inclusive place. It includes the sober bar, but it also includes other spaces within uh, that uh, provide performance space, provide uh, other ways of gathering and finding that inclusive community. It's located in Pueblo. Uh, we want to give people the website so they can find out more it is ethospueblo.com that's e-t-h-o-s pueblo.com we'll make sure we put that link on our podcast page emily gratisar it's been really a, a very special conversation i appreciate what you're doing and i appreciate being able to get that message to our larger audience here on krdo news radio thank you so much Anne, and you have a great day you too you've been listening to the extra Tom Martino up after the break.